Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good Sunday morning, everybody, and welcome on in. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Thank you for tuning in. Obviously, over the next hour, we will dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. Lots to get to in both sports. We will start off with the UFC from last night as you had. Uh, it was actually nice. We had a little 4 p.m. card. I assume they were doing that for uh, you know it was in the the UFC Apex, but it was it was very uh, much triggered to air towards London time. You had a ton of people from the UK on this card, including the main event. You had Darren Till who was taking on Derek Brunson, but uh, Derek Brunson really gave really put it to Darren Till. Like Darren Till had some good shots in there for sure, um, but Derek Brunson not only was taking him down, but was taking him down and hitting him with really really bad intentions. You know. Uh, looked like he was closing up Darren Till's eye after the first round. And then in a exchange where it looked like Darren Till was getting into a, a good bit of momentum, um, ends up getting taken down again by Darren Till, uh, by, by Derek Brunson, full mount, um, you know, beats on him a little bit and then ends up choking him out, taps him out. And another win for Derek, man. Derek has looked absolutely great. He's been steamrolling fools. That's five straight wins for him now as a guy who I think a lot of people probably looked at Derek Brunson as your perennial gatekeeper, you know, the guy who was just to show, hey, is this guy, uh, is, is, you know, is this guy going out there? And if you beat Derek Brunson, you're probably ready to move on. And, uh, you know, it was the case with Israel Adesanya. It was the case with Robert Whitaker. As, you know, they were both, you know, guys right now who have kind of been at the top of the title shot. So, you know, Derek's had to do a lot of work to get himself up. But now you have, you know, wins against, and they were doing that. You know, you think about Kevin Holland. They were trying to do that with Derek Brunson on his name. Edmund Shabazian, same thing. Um, and now Darren Till, like you, you, you see all these young guys that they've really tried to build off of Derek Brunson, and he has steamrolled them. He has looked absolutely fantastic against, fantastic against them. And had a really, really great call out of Israel Adesanya afterwards. I thought it was, um, it just, it, it felt like a new shine on Derek Brunson that we hadn't seen in a while. You know, like he he really, I think, put to a lot of people, all right, I think he put the division on notice a little bit that he can make this second run here and really get back into the title picture. He's never gotten a title shot. He's never been to those mountaintops, but it feels like this could be a career resurgence for him really getting to him. And you're talking about guys 37. So obviously there's not uh, you don't think there's a ton of time left. Um, and then the interesting question was, well, what does he do after this? You know, does he 
fight a guy like Jared Cannonier and flat out make it the um, the case. Now, here's the thing for him, why I think that's probably important for him to do. You know, there was a lot of talk that um, that a couple of weeks ago after Jared Cannonier got his win against Calvin Gastelum. Don't forget, Jared Cannonier was also in that position where he had Israel talking about him. He ends up losing the fight to Robert Whitaker, but there was a lot of buzz on him trying to get into that title picture. Now, again, he's also not the youngest guy in the world. It's really a fight if those two guys were to fight. You're looking at you know two guys, 37 years old, and it's probably the flip of the coin. And the guy who wins this is probably going to vault themselves into the title picture, whether that be against Robert Whitaker or Israel Adesanya. Probably more on the side of Adesanya because I would guess if Izzy ends up even losing to Robert, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up going to a trilogy fight. Um, so a couple of things for Derek. Yeah, I think you make yourself undeniable. Uh, if you go and fight a guy like Jared Cannonier, yeah, there's a risk there involved. But I do think that you're in that position of, okay, I've lost to the champion. I I, I really need to put all doubt aside. It's a lot like if you think about... um. It's a similar situation, not completely parallel to what Leon Edwards is going through in the welterweight division because he has a loss to Kamaru. The difference, I think, being is that Derek has a you know has a little bit more of the established career in that people know him and people I think respect him as a pro. But there is a little bit of that. Oh well, he's in that he's in that box, like kind of like Damian Maya was years back. But he also has the loss to Kamaru. Like he has to remove all doubt. And I think with Leon, part of the problem has been like, yeah, there's been other guys there at the top, but he hasn't had that standout moment. Derek Brunson had that tonight. You know, Darren Till, the hype behind him is always very, very great. We can talk about that too uh, in regards to Till and, and him not getting it done tonight. But a ton of hype behind him. Kevin Holland had a ton of hype behind him. Shabazian, a ton of hype behind him. Um you know, so him taking those three guys out and now and that's in the midst of a five fight win streak, you know, and, and to win the way that he did today with Darren Till, just really, really dominating him. I think I don't think it puts him right there in the title uh, picture, but he did get a reaction from Izzy. You know, Izzy Izzy said, calm down, boy, you're still a bum, son. So he tweeted that out. You did get a reaction from the champ. So the champ was watching, um, which I think is important. It means the guy cares. It means uh, that. It was noticeable. It was a long time ago that this fight was, much like Leon Edwards and Kamar Usman's was. I mean, that was almost three years ago in a couple months. So we're getting to that point. It was a long time ago. This is mixed martial arts. It shouldn't be held against you. Um, and the record just looks a lot more respectable now. You're looking at the time when he lost to Izzy. He was 18-7. and seven. Now you've beefed that up to 23-7. and seven. It's a good record. It's a good record for a guy like Derek Brunson. Um who you know has also had some hard luck, hard luck losses. You think about the Anderson Silva. Everybody thinks that Derek Brunson won that fight, and Anderson Silva ended up getting the nod, and that was after the loss to Robert Whitaker. So it probably could have really, you know, put him maybe put put it down another road for him, and that was some bad judging on his standpoint. But I was very, very impressed with him. Very, very impressed. As far as Darren's concerned, um, yeah, there's a lot of regrouping that I think has to happen here for him. Um, you know, first of all, for middleweight, you know, you think about the guys that are there, and, and Derek is probably the worst matchup out of those top guys. You know, you think about what kind of a striking match it would be if he ever did get to be in there with the likes of an Israel Adesanya, if he could ever be in there with the likes of a Paulo Costa, um, if he ever fought, you know, he has fought um, 
he has fought Robert Whitaker. He lost, and that was a really, really fun fight between those two guys. It was a really, really entertaining bout. So I think this division, I really don't, I don't think there's a need for him to go back to welterweight. Um, feels like it's going to kill him. It feels like, and and it feels like you saw some of the take the takedown weaknesses tonight. Um, I still think that if he was at a different weight class, that Kamara could do a lot of that type of stuff to him. And not that he's even close. You know, I don't, I don't think, I think that's a division that has. A little bit of beef to it um you know i think probably the best thing for him if he were to go back down maybe rematch with jorge masvidal but masvidal i mean really starts him and started the revitalization of his career um you know as far as middleweight though like yeah i do think there are fun fights for him there i do think you know if he doesn't fight if brunson doesn't end up fighting jared cannonier maybe you know darren till could fight jared cannonier and kind of put himself back into the fold there because he does have a big name. He obviously has a lot of popularity. They really want him to be great. Um, and I think that I almost think that's almost been to his detriment a little bit. Like they, one of the things uh, I said about Darren when he was coming up is it just felt like they wanted him to be the next Conor McGregor so badly, you know, talked all this bleep, had the striking, had this really, really impressive win over Donald Cerrone, but really hasn't looked that dominant in any fight since then he hasn't um in fact he's only won two fights since then one of them was a steven wonderboy Thompson fight that fight was a razor thin decision for him kelvin gaston was a split decision win he got the the breaks beat off him by tyron woodley uh um masvidal starched him the robert whitaker fight was probably his maybe his best performance since the cerrone fight and it was on a loss so i've never been a guy who's been a i was never on the darren till hype train all the way because it just felt like man they were really trying to find who's that next trash talking euro with the great accent who's doing the predictions who's going to be that next guy and and i i always say this like that's why you know you do have to respect what connor did on the rise to the top i mean it was so rare that he was going out there and starching fools and beating everybody and doing it in predictive rounds and you know, people look back on it and they say, oh, it's not that big a deal. Now, it is a big deal, man. It is a big deal to do it the way that he did it. And so I think people believe in the talent of Darren Till, but I think more so they believe in the persona of Darren Till. And, you know, I don't know. I don't find him to be, you know, this. I think he's good. I don't know if he's great. I don't know if he's a. I, I think that, you know, people want him to be a, a superstar more than the talent lends him to be that. Um, you know, you even think back to the way and not to compare everything to Connor, but you think about the way that, you know, Connor had the kicks, the everything, you know, Darren Till kind of has that big left hand that he's trying to set up on everything. And yeah, he's a very, he's clearly a very strong guy, but not a guy who knocks. He's not a dude who knocks people dead when he hits them and certainly not in the middleweight weight class. Um, so look, I, I do think though, that if, if he were to get a good win, he's the type of guy that I don't think needs to. It's funny because it's not almost, it's almost not fair because I feel like a guy like Derek Brunson, Derek Brunson needs like it feels like seven wins in a row, and there are guys like this that need the 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 streak to really get them noticed. And Darren Till, because he's so good at talking and because he has the country behind him, if he got one to two decent wins, he'd be right back in there, you know. And and it's not fair that that's the way that it is. But it is. It, it, it just you know that you know that to be the case. That if he were to get a win over Cannoneer or or another high cl- uh, high level um, middleweight win, he'd be right back in there for the talks of fighting. Is he? He definitely would be. So 
Uh, as far as the rest of the night was concerned, it was a couple of things that were interesting. Uh, you had Khalil Roundtree, who beat Modestas Bukakis, beat him with a TKO leg strike, vicious. Khalil Roundtree was really beating the holy hell out of him. So a great performance from Khalil Roundtree. And then I think the guy that everybody's going to be really excited about after this, again, uh, you know, slick-talking, European, sick accent, funny on the mic, knocked people out, and that's going to be Patty Pimblett, you know, uh, coming over from making his UFC debut. I tell you one thing, you know, from the guy that we saw, if you haven't seen Patty Pimblett on, on the regional Euro scene, I tell you what, man, he looked well put together. I, I don't remember Patty looking that imposing. I thought that he looked insanely good uh, physique-wise today. You know, they were making some critiques of the way that he held his head, stuck his chin out. Um, so maybe that'll lead to some danger. But I thought, like, man, I, I, I was almost, like, stunned. I was like, yeah, he he, uh, he, he not only looks great, he looks, like, like overly well put together. And, you know, he's only 26 years old, so I'm sure the last time we saw him, like, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't all the way to where his body was. But I'm telling you, dude, he looks like, he looks like he's put himself together in a big, big way. And so Patty the Batty, man, you know, I, I think that he is, uh, it's funny. He has like, he has a, he has a certain charm to him. I don't think he has like the, all the way, like, uh, I'm going to break you. I'm going to break your face. Like he's saying, oh, I'm the golden guy. I'm the king. I'm the money cash cow. But he also has like, kind of just like all, all shucks calling people Latin, all that type of stuff. Like, uh, I don't know. He's definitely going to be the star out of this one. I think. I think more so than anybody, people are going to be excited about what Patty Pimblett brings to the table. It was a great debut for him. Super exciting fight and uh, really, really well done by him to, to, to get that win. He will be, the, uh, I think, the toast out of this one. It should be Derek Brunson, number one, Patty Pimblett, uh, Patty Pimblett likely, uh, as, as number two uh, coming out of this. So that was your recap from UFC last night. We'll come back. We'll get into a little bit of boxing. Um, interesting story, interesting turn from uh, what we thought was going to come up next week, which was the return of Oscar De La Hoya. That is not going to happen, but is there going to be a, a a saving fight that could be taking place right down here? I'll tell you about it next. And welcome back, everybody. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Uh, let's get into this. So this week, we got the unfortunate news that Oscar De La Hoya, his return to the ring is going to be postponed. He has been hospitalized with COVID-19 put out a statement he is fully vaccinated um so you know unfortunate for oscar you know a lot of the times we're seeing this in the nfl with guys who aren't trying to take every precaution he says that he has so uh really unfortunate to see that happen to oscar de la hoya hitting the fight world at a couple places this week uh joe rogan who obviously commentates for the ufc he also contracted COVID 19 after his uh or at least tested positive after his trip down here because he was uh recently we just gave away tickets to his show at the bbnt center but Oscar was supposed to buy Vitor Belfort. You know, last week we had a lot of guests. We had Vitor on the show. We had his trainer, Derek Santos, on the show. And they were looking forward to this matchup. I was looking forward to seeing this matchup. I was looking forward to seeing the the uh, the kind of shape Oscar De La Hoya was in. He looked really good. People were uh, really impressed with his workouts. And I thought Vitor looked, I mean, top-notch. He looked, uh, he looked uh, absolutely excellent for this fight. Um, but it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Now, the interesting thing is, uh, and, 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 this is a this is a hell of a hail mary that Triller is trying to pull off. Triller, who I would say probably out of anybody, has been snake bit by COVID nineteen the worst out of any of the fight promotions, especially last minute. I mean, they had 
uh, Teofimo Lopez, George Cambosis. That was supposed to be. It was it was the fight week of. It was Tuesday of the fight week of when they announced that Teofimo Lopez tested positive. Now you have this one. This was eight days out from the fight between Oscar and Vitor. So that's really really unfortunate. It's happening for Triller. Uh, and uh, you know the guys that I'm close with in that promotion, I feel uh, feel bad for him. Now this is what they're apparently trying to do. It's a there's mixed reports about where this is at right now. When ESPN came out, they seemed pretty strong, and I know that Mike Kopitar has got a pretty strong reputation, and he seemed pretty sure that this was going to happen. That Vitor was going to fight a Vander Holyfield. And that if it wasn't at the California state, if it wasn't going to be in California where the fight was originally scheduled for, it was going to be at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, um, which is not surprising. I, when I when I initially heard about that, actually, when I initially heard about the Vitor thing, I was like, Chris Lawrence, he's done a ton of fights with the Hard Rock. He kind of runs Evander's deal um, down here. If you guys don't know, Chris Lawrence runs the Heavyweight Factory. Local promoters have been doing a lot of cards down here for a very long time. A lot of the cards that we've gone to at the Hard Rock and have covered things, the Harold Calderon fights, uh, Trevor Bryant, Shannon Briggs. Uh, Chris Lawrence puts on a lot of those shows. And, and Evander and him have been very close. Evander runs his camp. He does a lot of promotions for him. Evander's always at those fights. So when I first heard about the California thing maybe being an issue, Hard Rock, was that was the first thing that came to mind immediately. The only thing, I didn't even look. I didn't even know if there was a fight on uh, September 11th, which uh, apparently there isn't apparently it is open so they are able to do it um but the reports are that it's not a done deal quite yet dan rayfield who i don't even dan dan is for Substack now i think he does stuff for boxing scene but he's formerly of espn for a very long time he's been in the been covering the sport for a very long time he said i checked in with team holyfield this morning which would be saturday morning still not a done deal despite some reports to the contrary they hope it gets done if it does the fight car will be moved from los angeles to hollywood florida um there's a couple things with this. One, I'm almost more excited by this fight than I am the Oscar De La Hoya fight um, because, you know, first of all, Vitor and Evander, they, they've also been talking about that. We heard that in the interview last week where it, it, it's not like this is out of nothing. I mean, they were they were discussing this fight beforehand. It just happened to be we couldn't find – I don't think Triller could find the perfect opponent for Oscar. He wanted to go in the realm of fighting a former UFC guy. Eddie Alvarez was kicked around from time to time. And then it ended up on Vitor. But Vitor versus Evander, after the whole real Tarzan thing fell down, that was likely the direction that Vitor was going to go in. So not like there's going to be some bad blood this week at the, the weigh-in or anything like that, but I'm intrigued by it. I am intrigued by it from the standpoint of you have two guys who are a little bit older. The thing that does worry me a little bit is, man, Evander's old. I mean, Evander is is 59 years old. I mean, that's it's pretty crazy. I mean, you're talking about a guy 58 years old, Next month, he's going to be 59, and that it, it seems wild that they're going to let him fight. But if you see the kind of shape that he's in, it's ridiculous. Like, no normal 59-year-old is in this kind of shape. He looks phenomenal. I mean, he doesn't look, if you just were to take magazine pictures of him, he doesn't look that far off from what he was. It's pretty wild. Like, if you go to Evander Holyfield's Instagram page, and I don't think that he's doing filters like the cheek models, you know? Like, it's crazy what this guy looks like for 58 years old. He looks insanely good. Insanely good. Um, and Vitor does the same way. Do I think it's all natural? Obviously not. Um, which we have stuff to get to with that as well, speaking of all natural. But 
I am intrigued by it. You know, I think for the exhibition style, I think Vitor is not some young killer who's going to go and 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 uh, destroy him because he could just go for a bunch of rounds. I do think that it'll be interesting to see what Evander can bring to the table. I'm intrigued by it. I'm intrigued by it. So I don't feel great about it. Like I don't, you know, the idea that, like Riddick Bowe is going to be uh, fighting uh, Lamar Odom coming up in championship boxing, but you know, Riddick's not in the shape that Evander is. He's not like, he doesn't physically look like Evander does. And, uh, even Evander, like when you hear Evander talk, Evander has his good days. Like Riddick just, you know, Riddick just wears the wars when you hear him talk. So that's an interesting one. It could be coming up locally. I you will bet your ass that if it is local, I will find my way in that building for sure to see it. Uh, next Saturday, I want to mention this though. Next, uh, next Friday, if you guys are in the Palm Beach area or if you're like in northern Broward, you want to catch a little boxing action, let me give a shout out to my guys over at, uh, at Delray Beach Boxing. They are putting on a card at the uh, at the Delray Beach Tennis Center. So if you guys know it's on Atlantic Avenue, it's right there. You can't miss it. They put on a lot of big boxing events. And so if you guys want to go and uh, and check some some great boxing out, they got some great young talent on the card. And they're co-promoting it with uh, – they're co-promoting it with – uh, Erickson Lubin, the hammer who we've had on this show. And, uh, I think it's going to be a really, really fun night. I think it's going to be a really fun night Friday night at, uh, at, at the Palm beach tennis center. It should be a really, really, uh, a really exciting card. Some really exciting young fighters that'll be on there. So if you guys want to check out some local boxing coming up, uh, check your, uh, get your tickets. Let me see where the website is. It's getqrd.com slash fight and then the number two. So getqrd.com slash fight two, the number two. So check that on out. But there's, uh, you know, there's uh, some some really uh, exciting young fighters. Uh, you have uh, Antonio Bang Williams on the card. Lawrence B.T. Newton's on the card. You know, some really, really uh, good young talent, exciting young guys to go check out, put on by... Uh, one of the bright young stars in boxing and Erickson Lubin and uh, Black Sheep Promotions and all those guys there, Joe Samara and Justin Sanchez. So those guys have done put a lot of work into it. Uh, so go support them locally. Just want to give them a, a shout-out and a little bit of a plug. I really like those guys, and uh, they have a top-notch gym there in Delray. I, I uh, enjoy going to. So check them on out there. Um, let's continue on with this. So there was a little bit of uh, news this week in regards to Oscar Valdez. And a lot of controversy around this because he tested positive for a diuretic. And he's the WBC junior lightweight champion of the world. He's got a title defense coming up next week. He tested positive under under Vada. And so a lot of scrutiny came from this. The The thing is that the commission, it's on tribe land. And they're allowing it to still go down in Tucson. So he's still going to be allowed to fight next week, and it's going to be a, an ESPN Plus card, the main event. Even his B sample came back, and that had a, had a had the diuretic in it. And you know, though it's not a steroid, he hasn't tested positive like uh, some other fighters have, where you actually have the steroid system in their body. You know, uh, Jarrell Miller, who had a lot of those substances coming in. The diuretic is also a point because it does a couple of things. Some boxers use it for cutting weight. Some use it as a masking agent. Um, and so a lot of people are pissed off that Oscar's allowed to go fight, but I think even more so than this, it's a couple of things. It feels very political on a couple of reasons. And I think this is what's making people mad about this is that one, there's not even like going to be, this is a fights a week away. 
There's not even going to be a postponement on it, not going to be an investigation on it, uh, because it's looked upon as a stimulant that he tested positive for. And according to the uh, the Tribe Athletic Commission there in Arizona, he is uh, it's only in competition that he can't have it. So basically, he cannot have it in his system on fight night, uh, which would basically be the, the test that he takes right after the fight. Um, he's at a competition right now, technically, so they're allowing him to go on. But a lot of people are upset because for a couple of reasons, um, he's champ, WBC champ, and he also happens to be out of Eddie Reynoso's camp. And a lot of people are upset by the idea that this feels like Eddie Reynoso, who runs the number one boxer in the world in Canelo Alvarez, is getting a bit of a break here because of the stable of fighters that he has and that these guys they've been called out by by multiple guys this week we're calling out just all of the juicing that's going on in that camp that that guys like Caleb Plant were upset because they have a bunch of excuses to come through like Caleb Plant went hard in the paint at them he went out there and he said something uh to the effect of no Eddie Reynoso and Canelo deserve bitch of the year all of them are suspect middle finger emoji Everything out of that camp is intentional. They have knowledge and experience to know better and the resources to have some of the best of the best in whatever they want. But tacos or steaks or some tea for some reason is the reason. And what he's referring to there is they're claiming that Oscar Valdez tested positive this for some tea that he had. And that's the reason for it. He, uh, he goes on. He says, you mean to tell me that you made over $100 million dollars? And live in San Diego, but you ate some tacos or steak at some random-ass taco stand in Mexico or some random-ass steak. Just doing it once made your levels that high. Get the bleep out of here. People don't take this stuff out of confidence. They take it out of fear. They don't want to let their bleeps hang, so they take that bleep to make them shrink. I said what I said, and I stand by ever the, I stand by it, so bleep whoever doesn't like it. People in the sport know what's up, but the ones who don't speak are the same ones who cheat just like them. It almost seems that it's frowned upon to even speak on this stuff in boxing, but I don't give a bleep. There's a whole other world out there of stuff when it comes to banned substances that people in the fight game don't want to speak about, but I could care less. There's no room for it. As a matter of fact, don't take my word for it. Watch this whole video, what Robert Guerrero says about Canelo testing positive. I haven't watched that video. I haven't checked it out from Robert, uh, from Robert Garcia and what he said. But look, what he's referring to there is you guys remember the whole thing that went down with Triple G. Like he took uh, Canelo Alvarez, ended up, taking uh getting testing positive i think clomiphene was the uh the substance that he tested positive for and they ended up saying that it was from some meat that he had in mexico that they were giving and this was something that's found in the meat in mexico and so that's why it ended up being in his system and so there was a whole investigation they had to push back the fight and canelo alvarez ended up uh ended up getting the win over triple g but, you know, there was a little bit of a minute there where he was looked upon as a, a stained fighter, a guy who was using, but it kind of went away. You know, it didn't really it didn't really hang over him. So now you have a situation where you have another one of Eddie Reynoso's fighters, high-profile guy who just came off of a, a very, very big win in his career, and now he's testing positive for a diuretic. It's not the same thing, but it's a fishy substance. And this is one of those things, like, look, I'm not, like, the guy who's the most her- uh, horrified by performance-enhancing drugs. I'm not um i just like i just got done telling you i'm ready to see us you know evander holyfield and vitor belfort go at it and i can't definitively say that they are on stuff but if your uh your eyes would be your your eyes uh from what you saw from two men in the age that they are and how physically they look and if you think that's all natural well you're just adorable i don't know what to tell you 
Um, but you know, this isn't two older guys fighting in some quirky exhibition. These are guys fighting for championships of the world, and they do put themselves in the testing pool, and they do subject themselves to uh, random tests. And so, yeah, I think, you know, for a guy like Caleb Plant, who's coming out this strongly and is getting ready to fight somebody out of that camp, um, it does a couple of things here. You know, one, I think it puts it on notice that, you know, Canelo better be on his P's and Q's when it comes to the testing um, and that whole camp. And two, you know, I I think it's important because, you know, you have the middleweight championships that are all going to be the super middleweight championships are all going to be on the line here. And. The WBC took a pretty weak stance on this when it came to Oscar Valdez, where they're just like, you don't do it again. Don't get caught again. You know, and it's like you wonder if it wasn't somebody who was under the umbrella of Eddie Reynoso, like would this, would they have been as meek with the decision? Understand that the commission's kind of being that way too. So maybe they would have been stronger if the tribe didn't want to lose the fight and all that type of stuff. So, it's an issue, but even Devin Haney came out this this week, and he was saying uh, he was saying stuff where he was calling him, uh, you know, he's uh, he's the juice, uh, no juice, no trainer of the year because him and Eddie Eddie Reynoso were getting into it. Him and Ryan Garcia got into it because he said uh, Eddie Reynoso's whole camp is on that bleep with the steroid emoji. He goes, uh, they both tested positive for some bleep, and then uh, Ryan Garcia he says, shut your mouth, accusing me of cheating. I get it. You can't punch even with eight ounce gloves, but don't accuse me of using uh, of using. And these are serious accusations. He goes, I can't punch, but you're in no rush to fight me. Ryan Garcia responded and says uh, they were telling me that you can't sell and people wanted their money back after falling asleep. And Devin Haney responded, if that's your story, duck. You know, it's an interesting one. It, you know, uh, it'll be curious to see what the coverage is. I don't think that uh, I don't think that the uh, the guys from ESPN will turn a blind eye to it especially guys like uh, Andre Ward you know that Andre's a real one and when it comes to this stuff so I feel like he's going to be uh pretty prevalent in talking about it but you know as we say on the morning show the damage is kind of done listen the fight's going on it's just uh it's just interesting to see kind of the political aspects and all of the call outs that were happening in the game especially towards that camp we're back with more after this Welcome back, everybody. It's Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. A uh, little of the piece of local news that's coming out fight-wise. I want to let you guys know about this. Jordanis Ugas, the Cuban WBA champion, the welterweight champ who just beat Manny Pacquiao. He is going to be receiving the key to the city from Mayor Francis Suarez coming up on Tuesday at 3.30. So uh, we'll head down there. We'll have a little bit of coverage of that, but that's really cool. And I believe he's doing a uh, an autograph signing at Versailles, I think at six o'clock is what I was told from his publicist. So if you guys are interested in uh and are big fight fans and you want to get your Dennis Ugas's uh autograph or you know maybe a picture, I don't know what they'll have going on there. That's gonna be at Versailles on Tuesday at six o'clock. So check that on out. Let's get into a little bit of UFC news. So the a uh, lot of fights that have been rumored this week, some some reports of what's gonna be coming out soon. Uh the biggest one, Charles Oliveira. Looks like he is going to be defending his lightweight championship against Dustin Poirier at UFC 269. I was very happy to hear about this. I did not want uh, Dustin Poirier going off and fighting Nate Diaz. They were having some banter online. They don't like each other ever since their first fight fell out, and Dustin ended up getting surgery and the whole deal. We don't have to recap all the drama, but I don't think that Nate Diaz 
is at the level anymore where you go and just dust aside a fight with the championship for a potential payday. I don't think it's going to be that big of a, a payday if it was him versus Nate Diaz. You know, and, and I'm going to get it to Nate because we have some Connor stuff that we can get into, but just Nate on his own. Like, I don't, I, I think that, like, he's not quite at the, the nuclear level that he was. I do think that a Diaz brother fighting is, is a big deal. I don't think it's enough to, to put the championship on, on hold again. Um, I think almost Dustin would be better served if he were to win the championship, then see what drama f- unfolds with Nate, and then fight Nate, you know, maybe defend your belt against Nate down the road somewhere. But I'm glad that he's not doing that. Him versus Charles Oliveira, I mean, it's a mixed martial artist's dream. You know, I, this week, uh, Justin Gagey came out, and he had an interesting quote where he says uh, about the Charles Oliveira, Michael Chandler fight, and he says, I was pissed off at the time. I thought this was the most coveted title in the UFC when Habib had it and was around. And it turned into almost a laughingstock of the UFC overnight when you have Charles Oliveira and Michael Chandler fighting each other for the title. To be the best, those two weren't the best. It was me and Dustin Poirier, and that should have happened. Here's the thing, though. A couple of things. One, Dustin's already beat Justin Gaethje. So he's uplifting himself a little high there as far as where he thinks he deserves to be in that pantheon. If anything... There's a very, very fine argument if you were to say Charles Oliveira and Dustin Poirier. There was an argument that they were going to fight for the title. Dustin decided to go and fight Conor McGregor. Um, you can argue whether or not that you know that makes the title a laughingstock or Michael Chandler fighting for the title you know was the right decision. Maybe not. Does does Justin deserve it more than Michael Chandler? I'll definitely hear that argument out, but I don't think that it's bona fide. Oh, me versus Dustin. Like Justin Gaethje, the last time we saw him in, he got steamrolled faster than anybody got in steamrolled by Habib Nurmagomedov. It's not even like, you know, Dustin had his moment with the guillotine. Connor won a round against Habib. Like, Justin Gaethje got dealt with by Habib Nurmagomedov. So, look, I'm glad that Justin Gaethje, uh, he re-signed a new deal this week, but for him to say it was a laughing stock, I think it's a bit much. I think it's a bit much. I don't agree with it. You know, Dustin was pissed off with the idea that Michael Chandler was getting a title fight too, and I would have been more okay with Dustin getting the shot in his fight with Connor even if you're not okay with Connor getting the 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 the, probably the undeserved chance at the belt he's still a high profile guy he is a former champion they've done worse things they've done worse things in the sport so doesn't matter I mean it's it it seems right now like Justin is is going to Justin's going to end up fighting Michael Chandler so this will all be kind of rehashed with them and Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier that's a that's a mixed martial arts fan's dream. These both these guys both can bring it. They both have uh, so many versatile skill sets. They're both really good, seemingly everywhere. Uh, I would say that Charles obviously has probably the slight advantage on the ground, and that Dustin's got probably the slight advantage with the boxing. But we've seen with Charles, like he's taken some big shots and been able to keep coming forward and rallied himself and been able to win. Um, dude's been an absolute tank going and winning fights. And then with Dustin, we've seen. Listen, he's got. Skills everywhere. He's got skills from his back. He's got skills in wrestling. He's got. He's just a very well-rounded fighter. They're both very well-rounded. So I can't wait for it. Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena. That's also going to be rebooked for that card. So that card's stocking up to be real nice. And then this is an interesting fight that was announced this week. Michael Chiesa is going to end up fighting uh, Sean Brady sometime in November. Excited about both of these guys. I like Sean Brady. I ended up seeing his, any guys that I see really early on in their career. I'm always intrigued in seeing what they can turn into. And I saw him at the Hard Rock. Years back at a on a on a uh, Shogun uh, Shogun card, it was a that was the name of that card. It wasn't Elite XC. It was a 
affiliation. I think it was. A, I don't know. I forget. But it was it was Shogun fights. I think it was it was. Uh, I don't know what the the main banner was, but it was called Shogun fights, and uh, and he was in the main event and looked fantastic. Um, but speaking of Nate Diaz, him and my Conor McGregor, they got into it a little bit this week. Um, they got into it a little bit this week on uh, on Twitter. <laughs> Nate Diaz actually had a really funny line where he says, bro, you can't walk or fight now, right now. Why are you talking bleep? We'll talk later. Uh, and that was uh, in reference to now add 30 pounds of muscle on me and say ding ding in a Dublin accent. And uh, Connor responded, who can't come through, uh, come through and see you skinny little fool about to get smacked up, rolled up, you bum calls mine. And uh, Nate Diaz responded, nah. You should have learned how to not break your leg when I checked your bleep. You crutched out of the fight with me. How are you going to fight me when you can't run for your life this time with that broken-ass leg? You lost that last fight and ran for the hills like Khabib. You're a blank. Then Connor responded, little cockroach, Diaz brother. It's three on the street. Grab the heat. So then puts up a highlight reel. And Connor goes, bones heal, blunt force trauma to the brain. Not so much. See you whenever I want. And then there was a uh, photo. Then Nate put up a photo of Conor McGregor choked down and says, and now you're dead. So those two were talking about, I, I got to say this. I'm not really into Conor McGregor talking trash on the internet anymore, uh, especially to Habib. But the Nate Diaz thing, that's the fight to, to make when he comes back. Forget about the Dustin Poirier thing. Forget about, you know, finishing off the Poirier trilogy. That Poirier fight was going in a really, really bad place for Conor McGregor. It was arguably, I think, the way that fight was going, he may have been heading for the worst beating of his career. I really, really believe that. But him and Nate, there's something special about it. They have a, they have th- those guys. I think that that genuinely can do a, a lot of a lot of business. I don't know. I don't, something about me thinks that Conor McGregor and the ride that he's been on, unless he's fighting either Jake Paul or it, unless he's fighting Jake Paul, I don't know that there's a lot of guarantees of super bona fide fights for him. I think they'll do well. I think they'll do better than anybody else's standards in the UFC. But I'm talking about you know the star that he is, the mega star that Conor McGregor is. But I think that Nate Diaz three, him versus Nate Diaz three, I feel like that's always going to do magic. Like even when I said last uh, a few minutes ago that Dustin Poirier, him fighting Nate Diaz, nah, I don't think it does that great. Conor versus Dustin. Nah, I don't know if it does as great. I still think it does pretty good. Um, and maybe the fight lead up would be something crazy would happen and, and it would spark a ton of buys. But um, there's something about Connor versus Nate and that rivalry and them being 1-1 and a trilogy that we really have wanted to see for a long time. There's something about it that just feels special. It feels special. It feels like it, uh, it would be fireworks in the lead up to that fight. They both haven't exactly been the most successful fighters in the world lately. You know, Nate coming off losses to Leon Edwards, coming off losses to Jorge Masvidal. But he always, you know, has his Nate Diaz army, has his fans that will believe anything that he has to say. Connor the same way. So you have two diehard fan bases behind both of them. Uh, In a lot of ways, I think Nate Diaz has probably more support than any fighter that's not international. Um with with how beloved that he with how beloved he is so for me this is bar none the fight to make whenever connor heals up no doubt nate doesn't you know nate i I mean i don't think he has to stay active we've seen him take long breaks before 
So if Connor's not able to go even until, you know, the end of next year, Nate can wait. I mean, he doesn't have to. I mean, if he wants to go out there and fight, but if you're Nate Diaz, I would wait. I would wait for the Conor McGregor fight. It seems like the most obvious fight to make. The promotion these guys can put into it, I think it would be absolutely marvelous. So that is uh, that is my thoughts on that. Uh, I want to end today really just sending out some prayers to the family of Jeanette Zacharias Zapata. She was an 18-year-old boxer who uh, lost, who, uh, who ended up losing by TKO in about in Montreal. And uh, she unfortunately... Um, she she lost her life this week, and so really want to just send prayers to her family, her husband, and uh, just a, a real real tragic note, man. You know, it's uh, you forget because of all the stuff that we talk about with social media squabbles and people arguing over shares and all this type of stuff. These guys, every single time, they really do go in there. It seems cliche, but they really are putting their lives on the line and 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 she lost hers so really 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 sad news to come out of that uh for this young lady who uh who lost her who lost her life after a fight so uh you know our our prayers are out to her family and uh just absolutely tragic to uh to hear that to hear that news that's our five for this week everybody and uh we'll talk to you guys next time we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.